You're listening to If We Were Writing, a feisty triathlon-ish podcast. I'm Kelly O'Mara, and together with Sarah True, we head up a weekly group ride where we dish on all triathlon news and everything else-ish we want to talk about. We're joined regularly by Khadija Diggs and Jocelyn Wong-Neal, and Laura Sidal does her Sid Talk segment updating you on everything you need to know from the weekend. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Writing is a production of Live Feisty Media. Join us on our group ride. Okay, we made it to week two of our new group ride. How is everybody feeling? I hear Jocelyn broke another tape this past weekend. Yeah. It was a Mother's Day 5K. What does that entail? It was a lot of families and moms and strollers. And my daughter and husband came. Uh, my daughter, who's two and a half, hates when I race. <laughs> She just does. She's very clingy. She doesn't want to be away from me. And I was, my husband's like, won't you just push her in the stroller for the race? I was like, all I want for Mother's Day is to be able to run 20 minutes by myself. <laughs> That's all you want for Mother's Day. That's all I want for Mother's Day. Just let me run my freaking 5K. <laughs> Did you guys get what you wanted for Mother's Day, Sarah, Khadija? Yes. I went. And rode, and then I parked by the lake, and I watched water pass by. <laughs> that's that's all you wanted was to watch some water. I just I think she just wanted quiet, yeah. solitude. Alone. Oh, alone okay, time. alone time, solitude. I don't need flowers. I don't need candy. I don't need breakfast in bed. Just give me a protein shake. Let me work out, and then let me sit by the lake and watch water go by. That sounds pretty similar. I just went and exercised and took a nap. Um, but really, there was nothing different. No. I went down this total rabbit hole of like the whole breakfast in bed thing okay. um, and how it basically was invented uh, oh. by the media. Yeah, because, uh, well, I'm just going to get into it now. Okay. So yeah. I think it's like down the, that hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> Like in the 1930s, it started getting publicized because it was a uh, it was a way for women uh, who weren't upper class to feel upper class for a very small portion of their lives. Because at that time, like you would have if you were a fancy rich lady, you would have your servant bring you food to your chambers, not in bed, because you would have like a little table and everything. Um, but yeah, it very interesting that that it was it's totally a creation based on like social classes and uh like weird aspirations. Like I went down the Mother's Day hole and that started as like so a two women started it to honor their mom. And it was supposed to be a way to like give back to other and more unfortunate women and like a day of service to like help women. And uh, and now that's not so much what it is. One thing, if you go to um, a historically black university, you'll never forget when graduation is because it is always on Mother's Day. Oh, they don't even tell oh. you the date. They just tell you graduation is on Mother's Day. Why is that? That is so interesting. Yeah. It, I don't know when the tradition started, but that is the tradition. I had no idea. Oh, thank you. I learned something today. I learned something today. I'm so pumped. <laughs> but it's not staggered then if you have two or more kids going to separate HCBUs. Yeah. That, that's that's that is true. But mm -hmm. yeah. 
Huh. Yep. And my oldest son was born on Mother's Day. So I celebrate Mother's Day on his birthday, regardless of what day it falls. Oh, that's oh, I see. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. See, we're going to learn so many things today. See, coming up today, <laughs> coming up on the show today, we are going to talk about all the races coming up. We, uh, we have, we have two of our, two of our group ride are going to be together in person. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, our sports on the, on the TV, on the media, what drives us crazy. And then we're going to have our Sid talk segment, all the races that happened this past weekend and our advice for other people racing all coming up on today's show. Hey, feisty friends. You know how Oprah Winfrey has her favorite things? Well, consider this Sarah True's favorite things, the energy food department. So Bonk Rakers, awesome company. They deliver real food, sports nutrition with amazing nostalgic flavors. They have energy bars, energy chews and protein bars. My favorite in each category, favorite things. PB&J, Rainbow Blast, and cookies and cream. Now you are welcome to disagree with me, but you will absolutely agree that they deliver some of the best energy products on the markets. You will not be disappointed. Feisty listeners can get 20% off on one-time purchases and subscriptions by going to bonkbreaker.com and using the code FEISTY. That's 20% off at bonkbreaker.com with the code FEISTY. The fastest path to living healthier, longer starts inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. It was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. That's quite a list. Inside Tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live healthier, longer. When I do my Inside Tracker tests, I always use the mobile blood draw service. It's amazing because you can enjoy a premium lab experience in the comfort of your own home or your office. All you have to do is book a time that suits your schedule and they will come to you. The scheduling is easy and they send you text alerts so you'll get appointment updates and notifications when your inside tracker health analysis and custom action plan are ready to view. It's great for busy people who want to save time. So if you want to try Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw service and find out what's going on inside your body for your health, go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty and get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com forward slash F-E-I-S-T-Y. Hey, feisty friends. You know how Oprah Winfrey has her favorite things? Well, consider this Sarah True's favorite things, the energy food department. So Bonk Rakers, awesome company. They deliver real food, sports nutrition with amazing nostalgic flavors. They have energy bars, energy chews and protein bars. My favorite in each category, favorite things. PB&J, Rainbow Blast, and cookies and cream. Now you are welcome to disagree with me, but you will absolutely agree that they deliver some of the best energy products on the markets. You will not be disappointed. Feisty listeners can get 20% off 
on one-time purchases and subscriptions by going to bonkbreaker.com and using the code FEISTY. That's 20% off at bonkbreaker.com with the code FEISTY. The fastest path to living healthier, longer starts inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. It was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. That's quite a list. Inside Tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live healthier, longer. When I do my Inside Tracker tests, I always use the mobile blood draw service. It's amazing because you can enjoy a premium lab experience in the comfort of your own home or your office. All you have to do is book a time that suits your schedule and they will come to you. The scheduling is easy and they send you text alerts so you'll get appointment updates and notifications when your inside tracker health analysis and custom action plan are ready to view. It's great for busy people who want to save time. So if you want to try Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw service and find out what's going on inside your body for your health, go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty and get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com forward slash F-E-I-S-T-Y. All right, so I was all excited about my racing, but I hear Khadija and Sarah are both going to be racing in the same place this weekend. Yeah, we're going to be in Chattanooga together. So Sarah, last year, I kept on racing and not telling her that I was going to race. So I feel like I'm jinxing myself by admitting that I'm going to travel tomorrow morning. Uh, I'm flying to Atlanta uh yeah yeah and then uh i'll head up to chattanooga but yeah it's a local race for katija i'm i'm doing a bit more traveling to get there uh it's kind of a stopover in a weird way because i have to go to germany next week so uh so i do like the zwift tri academy i'm i'm the mentor and we're having a camp over there Mm -hmm. um we could talk about i could talk about that later but uh yeah if I'm going to, basically, it is hard enough for me to get to the airport from where I live. I'm like, ah, might as well race on the way because that's like half a day of travel. This makes sense. So, it seems logical. Yeah. It totally makes sense to me. Um, so I'm I'm like piggybacking a race on top of my week in Germany. I also think you're screwed because old Sarah, who used to host this with you, never looked at Startless. And I look at Startless like all the time. So I'm always going to be like, Sarah, we're on the Startless. <laughs> Uh, good point. Good point. But Khadija, I, you're right. You're driving your van. Yes, I'm driving my van, and I'm going to be parked in the parking lot. <laughs> like, do yes. you sleep in it? And yes. then, like, uh-huh. yes, I, I'm in the white kidnapper van, and um, there's a gentleman there who does bike support and bike transport. He's been at a quite a few races that I go to, and he lives out of his van too. So the running joke is, yes, at some races we sleep together. I was like, oh my God. Oh, it's really <laughs> So before before we started recording, you told me just to knock on the van and say hi, but I could rock on a van. It could be some random guy and not you. Is well no, 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 he's in a, he's in a totally different van. Okay. Different van. 
Well, all you said was now from the van. Which van? And the, the van will say disc on the front. So. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. All right. All right. Say, at least that you'll know. It'll say disc on is, the front. Is his also a kidnapper white van? No, his has got all kinds of stuff all over oh, it. Okay. So. Sarah's just going to be going around knocking yeah. on creepy yeah. vans. It's a yeah. white van. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you have a visitor. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, um, for training for like long training weekends and races that are close by, I just drive up and travel in my van. Even when I went to Texas for, um, the age group, uh, multi-sport festival, hmm. I drove to Texas and parked across the street and it was fun. Cause I just opened up the door, get to enjoy hmm. seeing everybody else racing while I wait, waited for my races. And it was kind of the, <clears throat> kind of the, um, tent as you would say for the the disc team, they would come in there and rest and take naps, you know, between their races and everything. So how big is it? It's just a regular ProMaster cargo van. It was uh, the COVID project for um, me, me and the twins. They uh, sized out the solar system and um, I did all the woodworking and everything. Like I actually put the solar system in. I didn't let 12 year olds put the solar system. but they it was their science project to map out you know how many watts this needs to be how many watts this needs to be size that's battery. awesome because you're you're an engineer right yes I'm a mechanical engineer uh-huh. yeah so Amazing. it was fun it was fun my neighbors were wondering why I was cutting a hole in the top of my brand new cargo it <laughs> <laughs> sounds way beyond me I'm all like where's the closest Marriott and I will stay there that's about it it was a lot of fun we're out we're outside people it just it does not it's definitely not for everyone but it works for us so jocelyn are you racing too this weekend are we all racing this weekend no i am traveling with a two and a half year old toddler that's racing and uh i guess it's gonna be an endurance event because it's you know five to six hour flight and we're gonna have to bring snacks all kinds of snacks I was going to mention about allergy season. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got allergies on full force. So I did send a message to her pediatrician saying kind of like, what kind of allergy medicine do you recommend? Do some of them make her drowsy? Also, we're going to be on a cross country flight. Like, you know, are you picking up what I'm putting down? <laughs> So I think good. I could recommend some. Yeah. I think I have a whole <laughs> stack here. You can have some. Is this the first time you've flown with her? No, we went last year um, when she was only 15 months, I think. So she had just started to walk and was much less rowdy and rambunctious. And now, now I'm just trying to make sure she doesn't run away from me in the airport nice. and wants to stay seated in her seat on the airplane. Maybe she'll be asleep half the time, knocked out on allergy medicine. We'll see. Are you guys, Um, are allergies really bad? Are you able to train through allergies, right? Like when they're really bad? Because I basically like lose the will to move. I don't, I don't think I really have allergies. Just to cats. And cats aren't like, you know, pollinating. (laughs) So I'm okay outside. I, I just reset my expectations if I know I'm like really congested. Yeah. Or I mentioned I have a chlorine sensitivity. If I'm like anywhere where I'm going to chafe is like irritated, I just lube up. I mean, half a jar of Vaseline. 
<laughs> my allergies aren't as bad as like daycare illnesses. So, mm. so thank God. So I just figure out like, apparently Zyrtex been really kind to me. But yeah, just yesterday, it was like nonstop dripping and sneezing and grossness it like starts bad here and there's pollen and everyone's and then there's something that for like two days there's something very specific that i'm very very allergic to and i don't know what it is i've like done all the googling and it's like because it's after everybody else and it's like just a couple days but it's like i can't i mean i can't do it but and then i tried to swim and the chlorine was all off that day too khadijah the chlorine was super high and i had really bad and i was just like yeah oh man it's terrible so kelly i i'm going to ask you how do you feel about this race coming up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> than I'm doing. <laughs> are you are you setting expectations for us? Oh, what, no, race <laughs> what race is it? I, we don't. Oh, I, don't I I'm doing the new Morro Bay race, which is the new one out here in California. Okay. And so it's kind of we don't have that many big races in California left. Um, so it's sort of like everyone's doing it, which is why I decided to do it. And Morro Bay, if you you don't know, but it's like on the coast, central coast, so it's also like a big vacation destination. So we're going camping after, like it's like I'm taking a vacation, right? So I'm mostly still doing it because of all those things. Um, but yeah, my expectations, Sarah, are not super Well, high. I, I'm just wondering if this, like, discussion of allergies Oh, no. Is this was to, not me. This, know, was, this was not me uh, Preempting. Seeing. No, my preemptive is, like, I literally have not biked this far in, like, a year. It may, it's, like, a straight-up participation event. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Respect. <laughs> so. Is this yeah. one replacing Wildflower? Because Morave is not too far from like Paso Robles. It's like sort of the same time, sort of the same place, but Iron Man. So. But we, right. we lost, I don't know. Okay, maybe this is a new topic. I, tell me how your guys' are. We lost like all of our regional races out here, like all those like mid-sized kind of big events. Like we don't have any left in Northern California. I literally was sitting at my computer Googling cool races July. Like I, there's nothing to do. Do you guys still have big like races around you? I think everything's gravel now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> we just have a lot of gravel events near us. Yeah. Yeah. Here up in New Hampshire, um, mid Atlantic, we actually do have a lot of smaller local races, mm. which are, you know, easier to break the right, tape at. Yeah. <laughs> Atlanta has a big triathlon community. There aren't there aren't any 70.3s, but there's lots of sprints and um, Olympics. There's a um, Georgia multi sports, and I forgot the other. Try the parks are too big. Oops, I'm sorry, my alarm is going off. Um, too big. That's my prayer alarm. Um, the, um, the try the parks are too serious. They've been going on for years, but there's no like. There used to be a 70.3 that uh, wait was it? Yes. Yeah. Did, did you know I went to Georgia Tech for grad school? Oh, nice. Okay. My brother went to Georgia Tech. Yeah. Yeah. So I spent a couple of years in Atlanta triathloning and yeah, I did do that half Ironman in Macon, Macon, Georgia. What, what year did you do it? (laughs) Oh, was it like 2014? Oh no. Way before that. I graduated in 06. So I was, I did it in 2005. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I, I love, I love that course because the bike course was really hard and I loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I hated the run because I was felt like I was on the surface of the sun. But um, the I loved the bike course. I love uh, races with hard bike courses. They had cute awards too. I think it Did was it? called, was it Rock and Roll Man? Yeah. And you get the guitar. Yeah. So you the... got this cute little miniature guitar. Yeah. If you want an award, it's adorable. 
Yeah. I love that race. It's the first, one of the first races I did a relay and, um, a race with two other women and we beat out all guys. It was a a slow clap when we went to the podium. (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny. I feel like those are the races you still need. You need those like local races and we, yeah, we don't have, we don't have any left. It's kind of, they're all gravel. Like Sarah said. Well, they got all eaten up by Iron Man. Like, you know, I grew yeah. up in the Bay Area. What what used to be the Santa Cruz 70.3 uh, was the big kahuna. That was one of my first half Ironmans. Mm-hmm. Everything's also gravel. It's very trendy. And I just can't get into gravel. I don't know if you guys are into gravel. Mm-mm. I've never done a gravel race. No. Mm-mm. No new bikes. No new anything while we're paying for daycare. We, we we can we can spin this off into a whole nother segments, but okay. I have I have thoughts on gravel. I have opinions on gravel, but yeah, we have other things to talk about today. We have other things to talk about. That's true. <laughs> we promised Jocelyn we would talk about the Netflix show Beef. <laughs> yes, because it's Asian American Pacific Islander Month, and so uh, my request was that we talk about beef which i think last week was like the number one show on netflix and you specifically so you and sarah watched it i watched there's specifically some cycling scene that is bothering the two of you (laughs) okay jocelyn do you want to give a a a brief overview of the show yes place the scene (laughs) okay okay so the premise of the show is that there's two strangers played by um Steven Yun, who's the who played Glenn for seven seasons of The Walking Dead. And a lot of people, including myself, stopped watching when he got killed off. And then Ali Wong, who's known as the comedian lady on Netflix, who did two Netflix specials while super pregnant. So they're two strangers. They get into this road rage incident and just become mortal enemies. And like kind of I call it road rage gone psycho because they end up like stalking each other's families like um amy the woman catfishes the other guy's younger brother and then the scene we're talking about is when the guy that's glenn from the walking dead um finds amy's husband george and go ahead sarah you continue okay 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 so he (laughs) he rides up to george like on a bike and on a bike and george is like all like rafa kitted out he's on a a a trek slr9 i think okay to be specific to be specific lights i if i remember correctly it it definitely stood out where i'm like okay somebody knew about cycling when they dressed him right they did not know about cycling when he started riding Um. um number one so he's just like standing up on his bike, no movement of the bike underneath. It was very awkward. But then, uh, so so the character played by by Glenn, uh, who what, what he he pretends is he's basically going to catfish this guy. Mm-hmm. His name's Zane. Uh, but oh my goodness! Okay, <laughs> so what he's wearing? Okay, pock helmet. You know, solid. But the rest of the, the the bike like does not add up. The the outfit does not add up. Where where basically they're like trying to make him seem as though he would just automatically fit into this 
Rafa Trek SLR Nine Worlds. And come on, we know better. Cyclists are snobs. They yes. would they would see right through this guy's outfit. There's so there are just so there's, there's so, so much, much. and just. Like the guy, we call him Glenn. That's not his name on the show, but we call him Glenn because it's Glenn (laughs) from The Walking Dead. He's like supposed to be this poor, depressed guy. And sure, poor, depressed guys can be cyclists too. But he had to really stalk Amy's husband to know like what route he's in, that he's super into cycling, but also fake it enough that he could just ride up to this guy and it's, I don't think there was any indication that he really worked out other than lifting weights with his brother. And I'm like, the other guy's super fit. And then like Glenn just shows up and is like, and Kelly, you you lived in SoCal, but he mentions like some route in SoCal Cal that's probably like, I don't know, I, I would say like Topanga Canyon, something like mm-hmm. that. I think that's it was thing. Topanga. That's a, that's, I think a, that's a real route. Or, that's a thing. Or, okay. or Latigo. Like Latigo is a real one. Yeah. One of yeah. the standard LA routes. Right, right. Right. And he's just like, yeah, that's where I'm going too. And then they just ride together and end up becoming BFFs. And Does that like, not happen on your bike rides all the time. Well, okay. I'm going back to the cyclists are snobs thing. Uh-huh. And this guy's just wearing like a, a t-shirt, basically, like a long sleeved athletic shirt. It's not a bike jersey. So you're saying if someone rode up to you in a long sleeve t-shirt, you wouldn't be friends with them? This is what I'm hearing. What? No, that is not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying that a somebody who is like super snobby, which is which is what uh, the husband's character, George, is supposed to be kind of... Um, He's like rich, kind of rich, and like you would think a little elitist, but he's also kind of a dum dum. Okay. Yeah, but, but you also, think he wouldn't be friends. But also absolutely lovely, and I think he came across as the best character in the show. But that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> like he's, I remember in the scene, uh, this Zane guy is talking about. Yeah, I I used to ride carbon, but now I ride aluminum. Uh. This, <laughs> the. the The whole, oh yeah, I used to have that bike, but now I've downgraded to what we can only presume a guy who is not frequently employed, uh, who does not ride bikes. Like I, I'm guessing it's a bit of a downgrade, uh, whatever bike he found, road bike he found to be able to try to catfish this character. Okay. We are totally digressing. We are like all the way down a hole now, but yeah. So your issue is that it was not believable is what I'm taking. Not believable. Not believable. Well, and the name Zane. Okay. That's the main issue. Okay. (laughs) I did have a problem with that. He's Korean American, like in his thirties and Zane is just, it's not. (laughs) So that's also not believable. Okay. Not (laughs) believable. What, what is super believable is LA guy who is George, like Asian LA guy in Rafa Trek bike looking good. Like I have seen that in LA. Like totally. Yes, absolutely. That part's believable. It's it's the I think cyclists are super snobby and they would not be friends, some guy in like, you know, a, an aluminum bike that he just found at the side of the road. Maybe LA cyclists he, are a lot more open minded than you're giving them I, credit for. You know what? I'm saying hogwash on that one. <laughs> I just didn't believe that Glenn was in shape enough to keep up with George. Yeah, George is way fit. George is way fit, but maybe we're 
you know, maybe Glenn is just a gifted cyclist and he didn't know. But also if he had kept cycling, maybe he wouldn't be so depressed and continue down the whole beef storyline, you know? So what shows or movies then do you think have been realistic about cycling? Okay. I So I had this idea that, which I'm never going to do, is basically like an account blasting every single media depiction of running, swimming, or biking that is very incorrect. Swimming drives me nuts. Absolutely drives me nuts. Or running, too, where there will be a TV show or a movie. And this person is supposed to be, like, high school state champion. And you see their form, and you're like, yes. Yes, Yes. did you ever see Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? (laughs) What's her name? The, um... The actress that is now married to Ryan Reynolds. This is just going to become a podcast of Jocelyn <laughs> describing TV shows to us. <laughs> and I don't watch TV, so I'm sitting here like, like what I have are no you idea. So here's the question, Sarah. If you started this thing that blasted all inaccurate or all inaccurate pictures, who has done it? Like, is there any that would make your like? Let's talk about Orca for a minute. In 2018, Orca approached me at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and said, hey, we love what you are doing and we want to support women better. So we are designing products specifically for women rather than just, you know, shrinking the men's products. And we want your help. That's me, Sarah, and Feisty Media that they were asking for help from. Not only that, but I personally find that my Orca wetsuit is the best I've ever had for flexibility and buoyancy, and I definitely wish I had found it when I was racing pro. Fast forward four years, and Orca has launched their new triathlon wetsuits and other gear designed specifically for women. I'm so proud to have been part of this process. So you can order your very own wetsuit and other fab products for 15% off using the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com that's iron women the name of one of our amazing triathlon podcasts iron women 1515 at orca.com as a former pro triathlete who now does very amateur crossfitting for fun and is in perimenopause, meaning I can't count on my hormones to be consistent anymore, one of my main limitations is the speed at which I build muscle. It just doesn't come easily for me. I wanted to make sure I am actually getting the benefits of the little time I do have to work out. That's why Amino Co's Perform is the perfect product for me. It tastes good, and I just sip on it before and during my workouts. The AminoCo's Perform formula has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from workouts. What's even better is that AminoCo's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 230 whoa, and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. So if you are looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram for gram basis than any other protein source. 
To try it yourself and get 30% off, use the code RIDING, R-I-D-I-N-G, when you visit aminoco.com forward slash riding. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com forward slash riding. Thumbs up list. Everyone's I'll like, have, no. You I'll have to get that? back to you. Have you ever seen, and now we're going to, the Hawaii Five-0 where the triathlete drop a bank and they do it during a triathlon in their aero helmets? Is that the best <laughs> version of it? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. Wow. There, there's not a lot of triathlon in TV the, or in movies. No. And the best part is they go, but how could they do it? And then they go, oh, because they're triathletes. That's not <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> All right, Khadija, if you don't watch TV, what do you watch on the trainer? I watch uh, Netflix shows, um, YouTube videos. One of the, You're going to laugh because running is my least favorite discipline, but I actually watch videos of marathons while I'm yeah. on the trainer or when I'm running. Oh, like the race. Uh, yeah, the race recordings. Yeah, I literally. <laughs> I don't know why I find it interesting. I just do. Well, do. if you have Netflix, watch yeah, you should watch me. this show. Yeah, yeah. I actually wrote it. Good. Wrote it down. Then next week you can come back and scene by scene describe a different episode to us, and then yes. we'll just get all of no, the episodes. No, no. <laughs> fine. Okay, you guys. By next week, you have to at least watch through episode nine because Sarah, that was the panic room scene, and I am still traumatized. Yeah, we're traumatized. just. This is now going to be a beef recap show. Um, <laughs> Where's the beef? This will change the name of the show to Where's the Beef? Given that it is May and Mm -hmm. that we are celebrating AAPI month, uh, I do love that this show kind of blows up stereotypes a bit. And it shows like really complete characters. And I think that's a that's a huge positive. Like it's really well written show. And I just love I love that it is show like. Yeah, whoever wrote it, awesome job, great d- directing. I think Ali wrong. I think Ali Wong wrote it. Right. All I know is they need somebody on set who knows a little something about cycling. That's my. That's my. That's my beef. With that's beef. your beef. Okay. That would be a cool <laughs> job, actually, to be the like endurance sports consultant on yes. TV shows. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break and get Sid Talks recap of the news of the week. And then we will talk about our advice for upcoming races and Sarah's mystery question to close it all out. Let's talk about Orca for a minute. In 2018, Orca approached me at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and said, Hey, we love what you are doing and we want to support women better. So we are designing products specifically for women rather than just, you know, shrinking the men's products. And we want your help. That's me, Sarah and Feisty Media that they were asking for help from. Not only that, but I personally find that my Orca wetsuit is the best I've ever had for flexibility and buoyancy. And I definitely wish I had found it when I was racing pro. Fast forward four years and Orca has launched their new triathlon wetsuits and other gear designed specifically for women. I'm so proud to have been part of this process. So you can order your very own wetsuit and other fab products for 15% off using the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. 
That's Iron Women, the name of one of our amazing triathlon podcasts, Iron Women 1515 at orca.com. As a former pro triathlete who now does very amateur crossfitting for fun and is in perimenopause, meaning I can't count on my hormones to be consistent anymore, one of my main limitations is the speed at which I build muscle. It just doesn't come easily for me. I wanted to make sure I am actually getting the benefits of the little time I do have to work out. That's why Amino Co's Perform is the perfect product for me. It tastes good and I just sip on it before and during my workouts. The AminoCo's Perform formula has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from workouts. What's even better is that AminoCo's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 230 whoa, and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. So if you are looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram for gram basis than any other protein source. To try it yourself and get 30% off, Use the code RIDING, R-I-D-I-N-G, when you visit aminoco.com forward slash riding. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com forward slash riding. All right, we're back with Sid Talks because we think that we like you and I are sitting here thinking there's not much racing and actually there's lots and lots and lots of racing. I was like, oh yeah, we'll just be reviewing like WTS in Yokohama and and things and, you know, Ironman Lanzarote is this weekend. And then suddenly we like pull up the list and there's like stacked start lists of the championships and loads of races in Europe and races over in the States and a lot of people racing and and like backing up loads of people have stayed like obviously those people that made the trip to Europe for the PTO have then decided to make it worthwhile and do back-to-back race weekends and then almost similar in the in the US those people who have committed to staying mm-hmm. here are just sort of yeah loading up and I feel like, I feel like I should be racing again <laughs> I feel like I haven't raced for ages uh, do you remember when we used to think you couldn't do back-to-back-to-back races I know yeah yeah, yeah. All right. But first, this past weekend was, like you said, Yokohama, second of the WTCS. There's only seven WTCS races. Anyway, it's a big deal. They're a big deal. They're the cha- C stands for championship, championship series. It's a big deal. And uh, I know it was late for you as you didn't wa- and you don't have a, a, a triathlon live, um, but it was pouring rain. Like, yeah. Pouring. But I think that hasn't that been before in Japan, like at the yeah. Japanese races, it's not uncommon for it to be. I mean, the Olympics wasn't that like they had to, like the women's races yeah exactly yeah um but it was pouring rain so hard the feed went out just at the end of the women's race <laughs> oh and again typically <laughs> oh how convenient isn't that always the way we're really sorry the feed's just gone out at the women's race anyway. but that was particularly sad given that Sophie Caldwell took her first WTCS win 
and you know didn't didn't get to I think she, I think she's one of those athletes that everyone's just super happy to see her win like she's been chipping away and I think she's been in the shadows of like Jess and Georgia Taylor Brown for the last couple of years and even with Beth Potter sort of um rising up the last few years and so she sort of got onto the podium last year and then I think this year um or, or in Yokohama last weekend taking the win and the style that she did it like running away on the 10k when people have sort of probably maybe thought she was a swim swim biker so that was super exciting um and then we had a, a new another new up and coming I guess Rosa Vidal from Mexico coming in second and then it was great to see Taylor Nib um coming in third um on her return to racing but I think like we were saying off air, it just throws more spanners in the works of for the British and the US selection teams for Paris next year. Like Gwen and, and um, uh, Katie's first weren't even racing. And yet you had, what was it, four US women and like Spivey was fourth. And then you'd got uh, Nib was third, obviously, and Kirsten Casper and Rappaport. Yeah, just crazy, crazy. Women. I believe all five of the Americans were top 18 or top 17 and then on the british side yeah the year they went one and five um and then you also have on the british side now you have two different brits who have won the first two wtcs races and that doesn't count the defending olympic silver medalist he's like a little out of shape right now yeah it appears and so you're like well and then like you said like katie zafaris was racing for points down in south america and gwen jorgensen was on the waiting list like standing behind the start line in yokohama hoping somebody wouldn't start and so yeah i don't know I feel like we should just make our bets right now. Who do you think's gonna? Who do you think's gonna make it? No chance. Yep. No chance. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I can do. I I still think the Brits they'll pick Beth, Beth Potter, Georgia Taylor Brown, and Sophie. I think. I I think. Don't know. Let's see how Kate. Like you know, great race for Kate War, and if she carries on that season, maybe she's yeah, maybe she's the one that they need to be watched out for. She, the thing is, she can certainly swim like right. she's that front pack swimmer. So, yeah. Uh, and the Americans, I wouldn't the Americans, have a clue, I feel like your heart, numbers. My numbers... heart would break for Taylor Spivey. Right. That's what I was going to say. Like, you feel like odds bet-wise, you're like, it's Taylor, Taylor, and Katie. But yeah. you don't know. Taylor Spivey has been the most consistent. I, I, she has been the most consistent U.S. athlete, like, for the last several years, but it's always that third, fourth kind of spot, but she is always there. Whereas the others are up and down, are up and down, but they're the ones maybe winning. And so, and she's missed out a few times and I would love to see her take that spot and get selected. And I think for the mixed team really, she, that's where her, she has a strength there as well. Here's a question for you. Even though I said, we're going to keep the short. If as someone who has been on podiums in pro races, if you're always third and fourth, you obviously have the ability to be first, right? Like yeah. your physical ability. Is it all in your head then? Is it a mental thing where you like, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> this is a very poignant question with me coming up to a race in two weeks. So I'm going to divert this question and go in controvert, not in, in um, going to the other extreme on the men's side, the British men and the US men seem to be missing in action <laughs> compared to the women's side. The, um, the American men looked like they were doing well. They were in, I mean, it was one giant group and I saw Morgan in there off the bike. And then I, I mean, I understand like, he's just not in shape. He said it just like pulled up slightly injured and like ran a, ran a 35 minute 10 K. Um, but Seth Ryder, I mean, anyway, there were, they were in there, but yeah, it's more like a development. Yeah. It's just, and it's the same on the British side. Like, I mean, um, oh gosh, memory blank. Who's, who's our British who races with Hayden? Ah, 
Who's our British number one male? Your British number one male? I don't know. I don't keep track of the British men. <laughs> like... Oh my god! Why have I just got a memory blank? <laughs> Hayden, he's racing in um, the race next weekend. Oh god! I can see him. Tom Lee. Fish... No, no. Who came second at the Olympics? Alex Yee. Alex Yee. Okay. Thank you. Oh my <laughs> god! I am so sorry, Alex Yee. This is training brain for you. I thought you were talking about oh up and god. coming. Anyway, no, no, Alex no. Yee. Alex Yee. It's quite good. Yes. Yeah, but he wasn't racing, is what I was saying. Um, yes. And I don't know if he's sort of, he's just delaying coming back, ready and timing it for the test event. He will go head to head, I think, with Hayden Wild, who won in Yokohama in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, Hayden, Hayden won, Wild won, and then Matt Hauser for Oz, which is really great for Oz. They've been a bit of a drought on the medals, I guess, at WTS the last few years. And then Vasco from Portugal, who's kind of, I think, I think you were saying like just, just, just like slowly. I thought he was coming on like 2021, yeah, yeah, and then now he's here. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, I mean, Georgia Taylor Brown, uh. Race, sorry, Beth Potter didn't race. Ye, Alex Yee didn't race. Um, Beth Potter didn't race. There were a number of bigger because they're moving the 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 circuit, the series moves to Italy next in two weeks. So a lot like some of the European athletes are like, I'm just gonna hit it up when it gets back over here. Yeah. Cause then there's a lot of racing and they want to like stay focused. That's it. And like on the men's side, I mean, like Christian, um believe in fact, he came eighth, I think we said. Um to be fair, like given the fact that he polymerized himself at the PTO champs yeah. one week before, then traveled and then is expected to find three extra gears to race. I mean, I, I think that's a fairly reasonable result considering he's dipping in both. Yeah, I mean, it is it's Christian doing Christian, right? Like yeah. we're gonna have to see how it comes down when it's down to it, you know. I mean, don't be fooled when it comes down to it and the full focus on is on Paris, like I would not be underestimating them if you watch the race he came out of the swim like 40 something seconds down which is quite a lot in olympic yeah, racing 30, yeah and he just got on the bike and like hammered and then hammered all the way up to the group driver people with him hammered all the way through the group got to the front just kept hammering and it was like completely strung out in the pouring rain and like every time they hit a turn you'd hear like all the brakes screaming it was yeah and he was just like smiling yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so um, and then obviously another person who wasn't racing was Flora Duffy. And if you, anyone was following social media, she didn't announce she's been struggling, unfortunately with a knee injury and focuses to get back for the test event in Paris. And obviously for next year is the main aim. Year, so she's not yeah. rushing to rushing to get back. Um, yeah. yeah, she did some of the commentary over the weekend too. And I thought she did quite well. It is nice when you have a commentator. I mean, I don't think, I think the commentary is usually fine on a lot of these races, but it is always nice. And you can tell when the very recent athletes are commentating because they can spot people literally in wetsuits. Yeah, know and it's so doing. hard with WTS because it's kind of fast and furious and everyone's kind of clumped together. So having that insight and someone who knows is is really good. The other race this past weekend was Gulf Coast 70.3. And like you mentioned, some of the Americans, um, the Gulf Coast was only a men's race. This upcoming weekend is Chattanooga 70.3, which is only a women's race. And so a lot of the Americans who stayed over here or North Americans and did St. George last weekend then backed it up with Gulf Coast this weekend, or they're doing Chattanooga next weekend. And yeah. so you got the Sam and Lionel and Jackson show again. Exactly. Those three kind of start. Well, I mean, you kind of feel there's this, you know, rivalry that everyone wants to see and they keep matching them up. But to be honest, at the moment, Sam is looking pretty dominant on that fight. And, um, you know, he's coming out the water 
a lot higher than I think people are expecting. And he's just demolishing on the bike and then running the fastest split off the bike. Like he ran quite the, fast. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and then this upcoming weekend, yeah, like we were saying, oh you and I were like, oh, there's nothing really happening this weekend. And my my prep was really shit because I was yeah. like, oh, it's fine. It's just WCS. Yeah. So I'll just yeah. like review yeah. that. And then it was like, oh my God, there's a shit. There's actually a bunch. And so like we were saying over here in the US is uh, all the women are racing Chattanooga 70.3 and like all of those big names that stayed over here for St. George, um, Jeannie Metzler, uh, Sky Munch, uh, Jackie, Jackie Herring, Herring, Paula are, Finley throw in there. Well, she came back from Ibiza and I think yeah. and she hinted on her like video that she was trying to decide if she was oh, going to okay. race or but, if, it, know, if it was race week or not. You know, let's say Danielle Lewis put that hair in mm-hmm. there. Jeannie Metzler, uh, did you say her? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a load of, I think that's going to be a real interesting race again. Um you know, a few of those athletes have raced, raced each other a couple of times now. So they're getting a little bit familiar. So maybe that changes dynamic. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how that is also going to be hot, I think. Yeah. And then and then obviously there's the athletes who stayed over in Europe and they're just banging out races in Europe. And so you get there's like a as I was, there's a 70.3 at any given time somewhere happening in the world. That's just like. And that, and like, also there's like challenge races happening all right. over the place as well. I mean, they don't, they don't get as much coverage, unfortunately, but you know, there's still some, there's so a lot the of people that, championship is this weekend too. Well, there's a cha- there was a challenge race this weekend and a lot of people backed up, you know, backing up from PTO to challenge to the other Ironman races this weekend. And then yes, we have the challenge championship this weekend, um, which again, sort of match up from the men's, from the PTO, you've got Aaron Royal, Freddie Funk, who had that flat tire in PTO. So I think he's going to be firing. Clement Mignon recently, world champ for long course. Uh, Peter Heimrich had a great race. Matt Hansen's traveling over. Tom Bishop, you know, there's a David McNamee and Yuri. I think there's a, oh, the other one I was going to say, Nicholas Mann, he won a, he won a race, Marbella, um, same weekend as PTO. So it's a super flat course. Um, oh, is, so it, is it in Samarin again? In like yeah, the, it's in Samarin. Yeah. The, the dome, the yeah. biosphere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then on the women's side, like again, sort of Fenella, Sarah Perez, Indy Lee, I think is one to watch. Um, Lucy Byram, hopefully, like I think she was a bit sick going into PTO and didn't finish. So I'm really excited to watch her and get in the mix. Imogen Simmons returns, so that's exciting. And then right, you've got, I would like to see her back. yeah, and then Marjorie Pellet again, world champion, long course. Um, Sarah Spence was second at that. So again, like really solid, um, solid start list for the Challenge Championships, which is what again, it's it's a big race. It what it should it's a big be. Big race. It's a hundred euro race. I do wonder, yeah. are all these people going to get some training in at some point in between no, all these just, races? I think they're just racing, they're just racing. Race. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. and they'll tire themselves out they'll before too long. Good, good. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, yeah, like you mentioned, and we're not going to dwell on it because we're getting down on our time, but there are two 70.3s in Europe too. Yeah. The one I can't pronounce in Germany. Uh, Krakow or Krakow. something like that. I something think that's, like that. I think I've butchered that. And the one in France, which I also can't pronounce. Can't pronounce, right. But you've Pays got- A's. Pays A's. But you've got like Laura Phillip headlining the one in mm-hmm. Germany. Um, and then the one in France, like Emma Pallant, Tamara Jewett. Now that could be a really interesting matchup. Sure. Um, Emma and Tamara, um, neither one this can then, yeah, not as much. I mean, and the big news, of course, because it's always the biggest news in a triathlon, is that Lucy Charles Barkley can't get her visa oh, yeah, that's to right. go to Germany because of Brexit. And this is what the biggest cost of Brexit. There you go. It was funny because someone was asking me a few, someone had mentioned that a few months ago in terms of, um, 
hey, how does your visa work in Europe? And I'm like, well, I'm a Spanish resident, uh, probably not for long anymore, but um, <laughs> I, I am at the moment. Um, and hence, I don't have to abide by the 90 days um, that you're only allowed to be in Europe at a time. So, yeah. So, I mean, look, yeah, that German race. So let's say Lucy's scratched, but Laura Phillip, Ellie Salthouse, Nikki Bartlett, mm-hmm. Danielle Blymel, uh, okay. and Rashman Elsvis. Like, again, like legit solid athletes there. Um, the men's side, Patrick Langer. So it'll be interesting to see him if he's if back. He's from, back, back. Yeah, Maurice Clavel. Not, it doesn't look as actually deep on the men's side. Um, the women's side's definitely got, yeah. Drink we should have field. a segment. We should have a segment every week called "Which is better, the men's is or better. the women's field?" <laughs> Strength of field seventy three for the women for the men, sorry, and eighty four for the women. So definitely, okay. but that's with that's with Lucy and so yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. Anyway, um, there we go. Well, um, there's lots of racing, lots and lots of, and then of course, obviously, like you can the next weekend is your mm-hmm. big race, and so we will have a break from Sid talks next week because Sid will be in Brazil and I will be in the trees somewhere camping. And then you'll you'll come back afterwards and tell us how amazing Ironman Brazil was. How it was Hopefully. great. Hopefully. Hopefully, yes. Yes. All right. Well, good luck, Sid. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right, you all. I am going to assume that you did not stay up till 2 a.m. and watch Yokohama this weekend, but it was pouring rain on these poor racers. And I got so nervous for them. Do you guys do you guys race in the rain? I mean, I used to, but now it just makes me so nervous. Um I mean, if it's raining and I'm signed up, then I do it. And then you do it. I actually did not one time. I actually did not start. Like, <laughs> no, no, seriously. Well, it was like a, it was like one of those, like, um, you know, the crazy big storms we got out here with like the wind and like trucks blowing out. Yeah. And I was like, no, this is no. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have to, right. then don't. I respect that. Uh, I have raced in all sorts of conditions. Mm-hmm. But I also think, you know, I kind of have to. So <laughs> it's your job, kind of, kind of. I also think it always, they were racing Yokohama this weekend. And maybe Sarah, I feel like it always rains in Yokohama. I feel like it. It rains a lot. Yeah. And it's it's not mild rain. It's torrential downpours. Um, yeah. And, and so draft legal is so different from non-draft because the safety issue is, you know, it's real. Uh, the bike handling, that's a, it's a totally different world. Um, and you have athletes who are, are racing for money. They're racing for Olympic points slots. So people are going to take more risks. Um, so that's a totally different, that's a totally different perspective when you're thinking of it in that, those terms. Uh, you know, if you, if you train in it, you're okay racing in it. And I think that's where it comes down to a lot of people just don't like training in the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't feel comfortable racing in the rain. So I guess to think of it like, you know, you just got to get out there in all sorts of conditions and you'll be comfortable with all sorts of conditions racing. I used to like, obviously we don't get snow in the Bay area. We get like 40 degree rain. And so I used to ride in the rain all the time. And there's like only so many times you can get hypothermia. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, cause like 40 degree rain is actually a fucking, like it's, it's the worst it's the worst and so then like i just don't I, i'm like sarah i'm retired i'm not doing this anymore totally <laughs> i get it like the day i stop racing prof- and i have gotten a lot softer over the years where i'm like eh, i can just ride on the trainer on so that's eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah i hear you 
Yeah, I remember training in, we did some training camps in Thailand when it was like tropical storms, torrential downpours. And it's like, you got your five hour ride and you just go. And, you know, you always say, hey, it could be like this on race day. And that gives you that mental edge. But I don't do that anymore. No, no. Screw that. But it's a warm rain. <laughs> That's the thing. Is, that is I true. never think of rain as warm. I'm always like, oh, but you're going to die <laughs> like because it's so cold. <laughs> I'll train in the rain if it's not crazy. Mm-hmm. And I do. A, I've only I do a little bit of crit racing and mm-hmm. I've only been in, I think, two races where it was actually raining. But to Sarah's point, I, I don't get paid for this. So if somebody's looking like they're not totally in control, I'll back off. Or if I'm feeling good, I know, even though my team is like, it's not time to jump, I'll jump anyway, because I'm trying to get out of that situation. Um, but yeah, I, I think you should plan for every eventuality. If you're, if you paid for the race and you know, you're going to race no matter what you have to plan, you have to think of all the good things and all the bad things that could possibly happen and prepare yourself for it. So rain is one of those things. The main thing I plan for is heat because that's mm. where mostly where I race it's, it's hot. So I, I turn up the heat in the basement oh, when really? I'm training inside and prepare myself. I tell myself it's going to suck when I get off the bike. It's going to be hotter and hotter too. That's the other problem yeah. is like, we're going to have shittier and shittier weather to race in more and more frequently. Yeah. There's no more like nice 60 degree, slightly overcast. No. Yeah. Uh, Khadija said you run a group too, and now we're getting into race season. I want to know what kind of advice you give like the people doing their first race. What's like the, is there like, I mean, you just told them to prepare for anything. Is there mm-hmm. like key advice you give them? Um, Especially for the first half of the race, stay within the, the, the zones that you've trained for mm. um, and make sure that you, you're real with how your body feels. I mean, if you're already burning up and you're still on the first lap of a two lap race, that's not a a good space to be in. Stay right within your paces. And then the second half, if you feel good or you're willing to take a chance, you know, then, then go for it. But the main thing is to understand how you feel, stay within your, your, with your nutrition plan and stay within the paces that, that you've, you've planned for. Yeah, that's good, right? I was like, I don't know. Sarah, do you even remember doing your first one? How long ago was that? I do. Okay, so my my first race, my advice from that is know your equipment before you race because I had, (laughs) I borrowed a, I borrowed a road bike with like down tube shifting and I didn't know how to shift the bike. Um, (laughs) So I had people, yeah, exactly. Katina doesn't even know what down tube shifting is. Exactly. It's like the butt. You go like this. Like it's leather. like the things at the end of the arrow bars on a tri bike, but they're actually on like a road bike down tube. On the frame. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I borrowed a very old bike. Let's put it that way. And I didn't know how to shift it. And I had people like yelling at me going up the hill how to shift gears. So nice. know your equipment. Don't don't do anything new in a race that you haven't done in training. Yeah. I rode a messenger bike on my first triathlon. Ooh, so I didn't I have to it. worry about shifting. So smart. That's what I needed to do. <laughs> what oh, I needed to do. How about you, like, Jocelyn? Yeah. Um, know how to change a flat tire. So my first race was a super sprint when I was 18 years old. I was a freshman in college. Um, 
And I was also on the cycling team. And the so the bike length of the try was only seven miles. And all of my cycling teammates were like, oh, just like you don't even need your flat repair kit. That just adds weight to the bike. And of course, I get a flat tire. And I'm like sitting on the side of the road, just like, I'm not even going to finish my first try. This sucks. And uh, another guy doing the longer distance race, there it, there might have been an Olympic going on. He actually pulled over and was like, well, I'm not going to win this thing. And he threw me his flat repair kit. And so I was able to finish my race. Oh, and I nice. was uh, eternally grateful. But I did know how to change a flat. I was going to say, bet... I thought you were going to say he changed it for you. And no. Like, wow. Oh, no. Oh, no. The first time I got a flat tire um, on the bike team I was riding by myself, I didn't know how to change a flat. And I had to call my male teammate to rescue me. And from then on, I decided I was never going to be that damsel in distress again. So from then on, I knew how to, you know, change my own flats. But I also didn't know you're supposed to pump up your tires regularly. Mm. So I got a pinch flat. But the things you learn when you're a newbie, you you know, I didn't know you needed to cite. like it didn't even occur to me that didn't like occur to me because my first one was at Santa Cruz. And I we got to the beach and I was like, oh, like, how does this, what, what, how does this work? It actually is okay, but there's a, whatever. Santa Cruz is fine because there's a pier. So you can just like look when you breathe and be like, oh, I'm by the pier. Still good. Uh, But yeah, that's always like, you know what I tell everybody though? And this is what I've learned over the last few years. Maybe you guys will agree with me because like you run a, you know, we get newer program. I feel like people are too scared of doing a triathlon. They're like, oh, I bike and I run and I like know how to swim, but triathlon, that's, that's like a, and I feel like I just keep telling people, like, it's just exercise. Like, you know how to do all the things. Just do them all together. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah. I don't know. Kelly, you're telling me in Hawaii 5.0, they robbed the bank and they were able to get away with it because they were triathletes. So clearly, clearly. triathletes are exceptional. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is the actual perception people have, right? Like, they're like, whoa. Whoa. I think it's the fear of open water. Mm. That's the one thing I hear from even people who are really strong athletes. They still they're standing on the start line, just having anxiety over. It's true. Swim. I did doggy paddle that first triathlon because I'd never swum in open water before. And the water was kind of brown. And as soon as I stuck my face in, I freaked out. So it was only 200 yards, though. I was second to last coming out. <laughs> but got through it but I definitely I doggy paddled that race because I was not used to that nasty water interesting I was saying excuse me to people I had <laughs> never I, I learned how to swim in open water but I'd never swim with a bunch of people and I accidentally like swim over something it's like oh I'm sorry and I was like oh they're just swimming let me just keep swimming because she didn't hear me saying I feel like if we can make a whole list of all the mistakes that have ever been made and then just don't make any of those again. Like the people that run out of transition with their helmet still on, or it's like on backwards, like the backwards arrow helmet. We're like running in circles around transition because you like can't figure out what to do. I've done that. Seriously? Well, it's like I couldn't get figure out where to go or like I was stuck. Like the exits weren't marked. Yeah, you know what I mean? I was like, where am I supposed to go? Run out. (laughs) So... Or the best ever is when you like accidentally get directed. I've had this happen into like the wrong section. And then you realize you have to be over there. And like the only way is, and like, you know, race brain, you're like, I'll just climb this fence as I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> I like when they're yelling like mount line, mount line. And it sounds like mountain lion. Nice. <laughs> like There's a mountain lion. 
See, so we're ready for the season. We're ready to go. I feel like Sarah and Khadija are ready for their race this weekend. You're I'm ready, excited. Kelly. I'm You're going to get through this. You can do it. I'm really, I'm genuinely concerned about Kelly now. <laughs> now I'm, I have this mental image of her just doing laps around the transition area. <laughs> <laughs> that like happened my first race. I was like running in circles and I was like, where am I supposed to go? <laughs> this is an Iron Man branded event. They're pretty fine. well marked. The only thing you have to worry about me with this weekend, Sarah, is that it's like a three loop course and my hotel is right in the middle. So I will pass my hotel six times and there is a <laughs> increasing possibility I will stop and get a drink <laughs> as that goes on. Yeah. As long as it's not outside assistance if someone just like sets it on the ground in front of you and you pick it up i don't think that's outside assistance what if you leave the course and come back where you entered that's fine i think that's fine yeah that's allowable i don't know (laughs) you're not cutting the course (laughs) you're just adding extra you're just adding extra i i've heard of people having a really bad day out in the course and going into mcdonald's and then Mm -hmm. coming back out in the course continuing on so Sure, why not? Sure. Go to the, your like, hotel. Yeah. <laughs> the low-key like cycling events we have out here, my, my husband definitely has stopped at gas stations because mm-hmm. he's like, out of food. So yeah. Oh, here's a good rookie tip. If you are gonna be taking your time, <laughs> you should know what the course cutoffs are. Yeah. I gotta tell you though, one time I was flying to some big 70.3, and you know how everyone's at the airport, you can tell like everyone's going like they all have bike boxes, we're all standing in like the car rental line. And this woman's asking us, doing they're like, oh, what is triathlon, right? How far do you bike? How far do you run? And she goes, oh, how long does that take? Like, how long do you have? And this guy turns to me and goes, oh, I don't know. How long is it going to take you? What's the cutoff time? And I was like, bitch, I am going to beat you. I don't know what the cutoff time is. Like, <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh... I gotta love triathletes. I only know the cutoff for the swim is like two hours and 20 minutes. That's the only cutoff that I was very concerned with when I was a beginner. For sure. The, uh, some of them are pretty intense, actually. Like Alcatraz here, the cutoffs are pretty intense. So I think the only time I was ever worried about the cutoff was in Ponte Vedra, the swim, the current was really strong. Mm -hmm. And I knew I was like, I think I, I beat it by only like a minute. And as I was running through transition, I was like, did I make the cutoff? And everybody's like, just keep going. If they didn't stop you, keep going. I was like, okay, okay. I, um, I've never, I didn't know this, but like I was at Lake Placid one year, not the year Sarah did it before that. And, uh, I was running and the guy, the last guy was coming on the bike and he literally had a motorcycle behind him with a megaphone counting down like how much like yelling like you have thir- and the guy's like weaving on his bike and this guy's like following him behind him with like yelling through a megaphone and i was like that is really- that's not encouragement that's <laughs> terrifying that is terrifying, that's terrifying. Yeah. that is not motivating i was like watching it from my lap of the run yeah i was like that looks terrible <laughs> I can see me turn around like, bruh, look, <laughs> this is not, this is not how it's going to go down. I can't, oh my gosh. That's terrible. I mean, I, hopefully he may, he looked like determined to make it. So like, well. everybody's motivated differently, I guess. Yeah. All right, Sarah, what's your random question for us this week? I feel like last week it was superheroes, right? All right. Okay. So All my right. random question is I'm about to pack for 10 days. If weight limitations, size limitations weren't an issue, what is the one totally impractical thing 
that you would pack with you on a trip? Because for me, I have I have this weighted blanket. I am so oh. obsessed with my weighted blanket, but it weighs like 30 pounds. So there's no way I bring you with me to Europe. But if I could, I would. So who said books? I said books, because especially you're going to Germany, right? I feel like that's what always ends up happening is I like read my whole book on the plate and then I'm in a country and there are no English language books and I end up buying some like random fucking thing. that's like the only thing in English. And this is how I read. I read like a medical memoir once because I was like, well, I have a weighted blanket in the van. (laughs) I love weighted blankets. (sighs) What is the appeal Um, of weighted blankets? I don't understand this. It's just like a warm hug. (laughs) I just feel like, I don't know. It just makes me sleep better. I don't know what it is. Yeah. They're yeah. amazing. I it's it's my thunder blanket. So you know dogs have like thunder shirts to comfort them when it's thundering. I don't actually know if this is where like it's the weight is very comforting. Like having like 30 pounds on me doesn't make me feel like I'm being stifled or you know suffocated. It's like a big hug. Yeah, like Jocelyn said. Okay. It's they're amazing. Amazing. I don't have my own, but I did get one for my child when she was small and not sleeping. But then I realized that you have to wait till they're five because it's supposedly not safe for when they're really young, even though you're trying all the tricks to get them to sleep. All right, but you can't pick weighted blanket, Khadija, because Sarah already picked weighted blanket. I can't think of anything. (laughs) The only only thing I always want to take with me that it weighs too much is actually practical. And that's my recovery boots. Uh, I was thinking about those as well. Yeah, yeah, that's totally impractical. You're never going to bring them on an airplane. Come on. Yes, that <laughs> yeah, counts. That counts. That counts. Yeah, because I'd love to take them everywhere. Even if I'm not racing, I like just sitting in them. Do they? Do you really feel like they work? They help me. Hmm. Yeah. I think I'm too small. Every time I've tried them, they've been too big for me. Oh. The one I I got... um rapid reboot and they have a small size hmm. so i got the smallest they have and they they've the hip ones i can't use because they're too big it's like right. yes it's like yeah i actually got i got a pair of norma techs um my eighth month of pregnancy because my legs are getting swollen uh, and then i was i asked my good friend joanna who's an ultra runner who has them and loves them and she's like treat yourself now because once that baby comes all your ex extra money is gonna go to her and she was right and she was right she was right so. all right Jocelyn what was your pick did you pick something well no I didn't um I think and this is I think this is practical too <laughs> so I've been hit by a car two times while riding my bike so I do have oh. neck problems and so I have a special pillow that is like super cushy but it's also flat it's really it's not really high. And so I do travel with that when I go on road trips because it fits in the car easier than like taking it with you onto an airplane. But yeah, it would be my special pillow for my neck. Yeah, there, there's something about bedding. So mm-hmm. I remember hearing about Team Sky used to travel or they whatever iteration they're on now. Um, right. But like, I know this is fairly you know, widespread with some of the tour teams now is that they'll bring bedding from hotel to hotel so that like you have consistent sleep with the same bedding, the same pillows, like whatever works for you. Yeah. Um, 
I hate, I hate sleeping in unfamiliar environments and like having my pillow be on. Is the bedding the, like, I don't like it because I'm like convinced I'm going to be raped and murdered, but like, it's not the bedding that like <laughs> is my concern. Sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Where I will take every blanket in the place and like fold them up on top of me because it's not <laughs> enough weight. <laughs> I mean, there are some, like, if you go to, like, a nicer hotel and the bedding is nicer, then you're just like, ah. Right. Mm-hmm. But then if you're, like, staying at a shitty hotel or Motel 6, whatever. Thin blankets. Yeah. yeah like, Lump- kind of pillows. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. impacted by smells good. more. So I always carry around those gain for breeze because that's the, the detergent that I use. And I literally just spray everything with it because... It's a familiar smell hmm. to me. And I also have candles, tiny candles that I travel with because it, I don't know, there's something about smells that just impact me more than anything. And even sometimes, like you said, the feel of the your bedding, I'll travel with a twin size sheet that's like the same thread count of what I use. So that's what's on my skin. Huh. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Well, no, clearly, no! Much clearly you guys... <laughs> BMI, but yeah, I apparently am the only one who doesn't feel this way. So apparently, apparently, this is a normal thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sleep is key when you when you travel, and yeah. And I'm a travel bum. If I, I think the only thing that keeps me at home is the fact that I have kids. Maybe that's why I was gifted so many because I would literally, (laughs) I would literally be a travel bum if if I didn't have kids. You you would be. In a white van, parked yes. on the side of the road. Yeah. Like you will be this weekend. Yes. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. Well, <laughs> if if we have any listeners who are going to Chattanooga, definitely come say hi to us or more obey. Uh, otherwise, we cannot wait to recap everything with you next week. Thank you so much for listening to If We Were Riding, and we look forward to catching up with you next week. Tell me to stop my town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.